Hello and welcome to Between Mountains and Sea, a podcast dealing with what it's like to be a creative person living in northwest Wales. It is hot walking up the hill, even in the shade. The still air is thick with the scent of wild garlic. We came here as kids. Stay away from the chalk pit! Your mum. Easy. I mean, the top is surrounded by gorse. A barrier or a deterrent. You emerge from trees into the sun. Under your backpack, sweat runs. You pass incurious sheep and over the stile. Once you wouldn't have touched the sides. Not anymore. You smile. Open a bottle. The gorse is long gone. There is a fence, a barrier, and a deterrent. Cider arcs and falls. <laughs> I've always loved thunderstorms. I don't know what it... I think it's possibly um, because of the sheer power um, being unleashed and that feeling of wow. Uh, very much like when you look at distant ocean and you see the the rolling waves and just the sheer immensity of it is, is amazing. Um, first thunderstorm I remember, I would have been about four or five years old and we were staying at um, my grandparents house in Hastings um, and for some reason uh, my aunt, it was lovely, she was very fond of my aunt, uh, more of her than another time, she said to me, oh don't worry James, it's just God throwing his furniture down the stairs. <laughs> which which I, I, I actually think is a much more worrying prospect than, than the thought of um, electrical discharge, um, but there we are. I'm sitting in the garden at the moment listening to almost constant rumble of thunder, um, which is extraordinary. It's, it's behind me uh, up in Snowdonia. Um, and I know Kapalkirig's been getting a proper hammering, um, but it's been moving our way. Um, we had a thunderstorm the other night and it was, it was astounding. Um, just the, the non-stop nature of it you know and I've got the same thing at the moment just there's a constant rumble uh, of thunder there's no sort of break in it um, which just I don't know it it's in in some ways it's it's uh, it just feels really really special um, the fact that it's relieving the humidity as well uh, is 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 kind of nice so I'm sitting here, I'm watching a blackbird who appears to be um, pecking something off my bay tree. Now whether whether it's found some sort of insect curled up in the leaves or what I don't know, but good, good, good going. Oh, power to your beak, fella. Um, and it's, it's yeah, I, I'm... It's interesting, the things that, that make me smile. I've, I've got a small cucumber 
next to me that fits in the palm of my hand. It looks a bit like a, a white potato, but it's a it's a sort of um, it's a strange variety. It's a, a, a pale globular cucumber, and it's supposed to look like that. It smells absolutely gorgeous. Well, if you if you like the smell of cucumber, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely loving being out here. I feel for those who are frightened, and I feel for those whose pets uh, are frightened of, of thunder and lightning. Um, but for me, it's it's just glorious. I think it's probably time for another story. The carillon begins from up aloft. The soft, insistent chime marks time for me to pray as day turns into twilight and the night follows on behind. I feel a sense of peace, a soft release of tension as the killing sun has done its worst and cursed and dried and fried us till our skins grow thin and taut. And naught was left but dreams of streams of ice-cold water pooling, cooling on our fevered brow. But now the night bells ring, we sing, drink mother's tears and watch our fears take flight while bright stars fill the sky. We cry aloud in supplication, Mother, bless us and keep us. Judge us fairly and take us only if it is our time. I mentioned my aunt earlier on and she was an interesting character. Um... She, she didn't, oh okay, she was very shy, painfully shy, and she also took instant dislikes to people, um, and would show it, um, which possibly was a, a function of the shyness, um, and it made her quite difficult, and when I was, when I was a little boy I, I did find her a little bit uh, tricky. Um, I didn't really get to understand her until um, I listened to my dad talking about um, about her. Now, my dad was the youngest of four, uh, three older sisters, and you know the aunt I'm talking about was um, was was the third. Uh, child and therefore they sort of gravitated towards each other. Uh, his older sister was 10 years older so I mean by the time you're 12 she, she's 22 and, and moved moved away from home. Um, but when they were um, they were down in Devon where they were evacuated um, during the war um, and that's where um, dad and, and my aunt would would save up their their, their meagre funds and and if there was something they fancied they would go to the cinema together um, and it's it's a funny one um, just that simple fact that they they socialized with each other as brother and sister um, and and would would actively go out to the cinema together um, made her seem so much more human um, and so I got I got to know her a lot better, uh, and I got to like her a lot more as I got older. Um, she stayed at home, 
never married, looked after her parents, which was no sinecure. And I mean, they lived they lived into their late nineties. So you you can imagine she was she was <laughs> you know still looking after them um, when she started to need looking after herself. Um, and in the end, yeah, she uh, she had a heart attack um, and died on her own. Um, and it took several days before before she was found, um, which I always find very sad that people do die on their own. Um, thankfully, she was you know she was found sitting in her chair. There were no signs of no signs of distress, and I hope that she just dozed off. But the, th the thing about that is. Um, she was she was always very encouraging about things that you did if you were if if they were if they were good. And her will um, was divided between six of us. Um, and that was the first time that I could afford a really good acoustic guitar. Um, when I say really good, it's not what the magazines talk about as really good guitars, because they talk about guitars in the 500 to 1,000 pound bracket as, as being a mid-range, um, and, 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 you know, <laughs> good for them. Um, but yeah, this, this was by far and away the most expensive uh, guitar that I'd bought up to that point, and it's what got me starting to take acoustic solo music seriously uh, and made well in a, in, a, in a lot of ways made a huge difference to me as a musician and, and to the way that um, the way that I approach my music but also promoting other people because it's what got me back into running open mic nights and without that I wouldn't be putting gigs on now so I'd just like to say thank you to my aunt she was she was tricky, but she was lovely, and I think that's that's true of many more people than we're happy to admit uh, our feelings for. Um, I mean, I'm tricky. <laughs> I think I'm mostly tricky for myself more than other people. But there we go. Oh, there's a magpie just come and sat on the chimney uh, next to me. Yeah, just having a look round, bless it. As you can hear, the thunder is still rumbling on, uh, and I'm still sitting in the garden um, because it's still in the distance. <laughs> right, I think it's probably time for another story. Aurelian sighed, rubbed his eyes and scratched the first day's growth of his holiday beard. He eased himself out of bed and went searching for his phone. He looked in the usual places, the bread bin, the fridge, the top of the pile of marking on his desk, but in the end it was on the laundry pile in the bathroom. Horatio came through the cat flap over an hour ago, the text read. Are you OK? Aurelian thumbed a reply. Fine, just hating a coffee. He swore at the autocorrect, turned hating back into having, and hit send. 
he filled the kettle. The milk had turned, so he poured it down the sink. Looks like coffee's being taken black today, Horatio. Then he remembered that the cat was already downstairs, so he took the steaming mug and followed. At the bottom of the stairs there were two doors. A door on the left, which had a cat flap, and his front door, which didn't. He went through the one on the left and into Theodore Ernest Baker's second-hand bookshop, where Horatio was stretched out in front of a heater, and a man in a grey cardigan with leather-patched elbows was sitting at a desk. "'Morning, Theo.' The man looked up from his ledger and gave Aurelian the once-over. "'You look like a corpse,' he said. "'Thanks. So do you.' Theodore smiled. "'I'm in my eighties and I run a second-hand bookshop. "'Look it up on the net. You'll find cadaverous in the job description.' He pushed his half-moon glasses further up his nose, then continued. "'Horatio said he was hungry, so I fed him. Is that okay?' Fine, thank you. I was still in bed, so he was telling the truth. Theodore went back to writing, and Aurelian sipped his coffee, enjoying the silence and the aroma of old books. His reverie was interrupted when Theodore shut the ledger and put down his pen. So, what are you doing for Christmas this year? The same as usual. Horatio and I will eat more than is good for us, then fall asleep in front of the Queen. When we wake up, I'll get drunk, and Horatio will try and convince me that he's hungry. Why? My daughter's trying to insist that I should go to her and have a traditional family day with her piggy-eyed husband and their insufferable brood. I was hoping you were going away so I could tell the truth about having to stay and look after your cat. If you don't want to go, Theo, just say no and stay here. You don't have a family, do you? Theo said as he took a bottle and two glasses out of the drawer. Aurelian shook his head, then raised an eyebrow at the proffered whisky. A bit early, isn't it? I'm too old to care, and you're on holiday. Besides, you're about to invite me to spend Christmas with you and Horatio. Aurelian tasted his whisky. It was smooth and light, and almost sweet. Still drinking space sides, then? Theo showed him the label and laughed. "'That's another reason to stay here for Christmas,' he said. "'My wretched son-in-law likes whiskies so peaty you can hardly see through them.' "'In which case, Horatio and I would like to extend an invitation to you and your whisky to join us for Christmas. "'We can even stretch to cards and crackers.' "'Oh,' Theo said, putting down his glass and reaching for something on his desk— Uh, This had come through the door when I opened up this morning. I assume it's for you. Aurelian looked at the envelope. No stamp or address, just PEPPER, scrawled across it in capitals. He tore it open and looked at the card inside, snorted as he looked at the picture on the front, then opened it up and read the message. Wordlessly he handed it to Theodore and, uninvited, refilled their glasses. "'Who on earth would put the Massacre of the Holy Innocents on a Christmas card?' Aurelian just shrugged, so Theodore read the message inside. "'Pepper, enjoy your Christmas. It'll be your last, Mum. Dear God!' Aurelian handed Theodore a glass, then drank his own in one swallow. "'Dear God, indeed!' 
So that was the second part of Aurelian. Um, I'm going to carry on reading uh, excerpt, well, I, the whole thing, if you like, um, in episodes uh, on this podcast, if nothing else, because it, it makes me write the rest of the bloody thing. Um, no, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself doing it, and um, I hope that you enjoy it too. Talking of enjoying things, um, I was reminded on on uh, an inescapable form of social media that two years ago, um, one of my musical um, well, if you like experiments, it was it's um, yeah it, it, a band called Dilation, um, which is an extraordinary um, an extraordinary thing. I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Um, and it's it's very weird, uh, but we did a, a we we did a live session on Tidno FM on Neil Crud's excellent show uh, on on and it's which is on on Monday nights at ten o'clock if you can track down Tidno FM. Um, it's it's on the net, so uh, I think it's tidnofm.com. Um, yeah, so Monday nights, 10 o'clock, if you fancy that. It's full of all sorts of um, interesting mixes of hardcore punk and um, and, and Welsh um, pop music and um, strange acoustic people. Um, and I, I've done a few sessions there, but this one was, was lovely because I'll tell you a story, um, how dilation came into being, and then it'll make more sense. Um Jen and I and Terry, who does all my artwork, um, went to Chester for the day and we were wandering around um, on the walls. Um, this is back in the days when I could happily walk around um, the city. It's only a couple of years ago. Two, yeah, two and a half years ago. But anyway, we were walking around Chester walls and and we took some selfies and we looked at ourselves on the selfies and thought, yeah, we, we should be a band. Um because that seemed like a fun thing to do, um, and I'm always up for, for for creating something new and interesting. And then we looked at what we play, and, and Jen plays the bass, and Terry plays the bass. Um, so our initial thought was, if I played my baritone guitar, and they both played bass, that would be interesting, and then we'd, we'd, we'd see about finding some sort of um, drum machine to do percussion which in the end we didn't do. Um, and and it would be fabulous. And um, we would obsess with flamingos. And, um, yeah, it would, be, it would be good. It would be nice to do something very out of the ordinary. Um, and so in the end, um, with a gig coming up and no... Because and no, um, that's the other thing I do. When, when, whenever I've got a new band... Um, I tend to book a, a, a gig before they're really ready, so that we have pressure on to be to be ready. So a couple of days before we were due to play our first gig, um, and without any drums programmed, <laughs> uh, we recruited my son Henry um, on floor tom, um, and so he sits and and beats time on a floor tom uh, for that first gig, which was which was awesome. It was in a it was a, a um, at an all day charity event in in um, in Conway at the at the Comrades Club in those days, um, and so we went and played that, and that was 
that was that was great fun. It was it was odd. I by this time I'd moved on from baritone guitar to playing a seven string normal guitar because it gives you the same well it gives you the same pitch range. It gives you that low B, but it's much more convenient to play because uh, it's normal um, normal scale length and it gives you the top end of a normal guitar so that um, you, know, you are much more able to do things like play. Um, well, laughingly, I call them solos, but weird bits uh, up the top end. So we did that, and then uh, having played the first one, we, we added my long-term uh, collaborator, Simon, um, who was the drummer in Handmade Noise and all sorts of other things, and has played with me in, in, in my solo work and with um, with Duncan in, in the Mud Shark incident. Um, and he's a... He's a He's a wonderful um, musical accomplice because he gets everything I do and, and can almost predict me. So, for, for example, if I record a piece um, as a, a solo artist, he can retrofit percussion to it, despite the fact that I never use a click track. And he is always in time. Because, as he says, he knows when I'm going to push and pull. I think I've talked about that before. But anyway, we fitted him in um, and we got an electronic uh, cajon. Which is, you know, the, 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 the flamenco box that you sit on and, 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 and drum on. Um, that, that's got snares in the front. and So it's got multiple um, sounds from one box. Uh, but the electronic one had had lots of different voices, including one that sounds like Nine Inch Nails um, ramped up uh, and fed through a distortion unit, which is fabulous. Um, and so by the time we went and played for Neil Crud on his show, we were a five-piece with um, seven-string guitar, two basses, a floor tom and cymbal and cowbell because we'd allowed Henry to expand uh, and an electronic uh, industrial sounding cajon um, we actually all dressed up um, in in our dilation clothes to go on the radio so we're, we're I mean I'm wearing a dress uh, and and quite a few of us were wearing face paint um, and I, I wasn't in charge of well I was in charge of packing the van not of emptying the room so um we we got to Clandidno uh, for the Tidney FM studios uh, and then discovered that we'd left uh, my guitar behind. So while they um, in, got everything else set up, um, I drove back to Bangor, picked up my guitar and drove back again, hoping all the time I wouldn't get stopped uh, by the police as I had uh, blue face paint on all around my eyes um, and I was wearing a tie-dye pink and white dress. Uh, which would have been interesting to try and explain. Now, no officer, no, I'm perfectly sober. I'm just going to go and play on the radio. Yeah, no, of course, I always dress up to play on the radio. It, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, it, you can't... <laughs> yeah, that would have gone well. So anyway, we, we, we got back and we played this session and it, it, was, it was absolutely fabulous and it's lovely to have the memory of it. Um, uh, you can go and look it up if you like. Um, Neil runs a, a website called Link to Wales, um, which is L-I-N-K, the number two, W-A-L-E-S. I think it's .co.uk. Um, and that's a fascinating place. It's got all sorts of archives, but it's got it's got our session on it. Um, and that that was 
something that came up on my memories from two years ago. And I was just thinking there, thinking, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, so we're looking possibly at at, um, at doing another set of dilation numbers, uh, new set list, probably lots of new material because that's the way that it works. Um, and in the meantime, Terry has taken up playing the electric violin. Um, so we'll probably lose one bass player. I might well switch from uh, seven-string guitar to bass, so we still got the two, and then she can do all the weird bits on the um, on the electric violin, and we'll retain our two percussionists, hopefully. Oh, I didn't mention, did I? I used a vocoder as well, so there are a lot of very strange and processed uh, vocals, that, some of which come out as, as robotic and others come out as um, kind of screechy. Anyway, that's um, that's where we've we've got to. I'm I'm feeling a lot more creative um, these days than I was in say um, March and and, and April, um, which is all good. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, I apologise that I'm rambling. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should rename this "Rambling Between Mountains and Sea." It, it seems like something I'm quite good at. Anyway, that has been um, "Between Mountains and Sea." And here comes my um, here comes my outro music. That was Between Mountains and Sea, a podcast dealing with what it's like to be a creative person living in North West Wales. Thank you.